My name is Chris Blackaby. Uh, who has never heard me in any way before? Okay, that's good. That's very good. Very few, maybe two. All right. <laughs> Excellent. The, the whole earth is, is yearning for mature sons, okay? And what we're going to do, we're going to launch into that. So there's a lot, a lot of assumed knowledge today. I, uh, I assume that everyone here has decided to be, I want to be a mature son that changes the earth, that changes the structure of the earth, the substrate structure of the earth, all of creation, my body, and overcomes the evil one. For the glory of the Father, that heaven and earth can be one. And that's what we're doing. So we're going to go pretty much into it. And the time is now. We've had luxury beforehand. And through circumstances which you can see rolling out around us, we don't have the luxury of uh, that much time anymore. I'm not saying it's the end time, is in that Christian idea that we're going to be raptured and Jesus is going to come back and Antichrist is going to control all the earth. But I am saying that <laughs> in a very different way and we'll understand that as we go along. Okay? I'd like to make a statement. The most important technology in all creation is the human body made from the dust. This is the singular most important technology in all of creation. Everybody wants this, okay? Good guys, bad guys. They all want the human body. The battle is for the human body. That's why the battle is for our hearts, our emotions, so they can get hold of the human body. Because this thing can house Yahweh. This thing can become one with God. This thing can house the spirit of the Lord Most High. And his body is glory. And this was designed to become glory. And in being made in the image of God, this body has the ability to speak and create and change creation. Human body does. So everybody <laughs> wants a human body. God wants your body. He wants your spirit, he wants your soul, he wants your body. And once you see that in Scripture, you see it in the Old Testament and New Testament. And not good people want your body. Because if they can get hold of your body, they can get hold of your DNA. When I say DNA in this context, I'm talking about physical DNA, but also the makeup of your nature. Okay, in a more metaphoric sense, including your emotions. Because if I can get into your DNA, I have access to your nervous system. I have access to your nervous system. I have access to your emotions, and thus your words, and thus what you create. And that's why beings want the human body. Elohim of Elohim, Lord of Lords, Lord Most High, the Father of Jesus Christ, 
your father wants your body so that he can express himself and his nature through here by your free will decision. He wants you to make a free will decision to become like him by receiving his good nature and then together as a family change creation to how it was originally intended. And there's other beings that want your DNA. Old Testament, New Testament, today. And they can change your DNA. They can change your thoughts and your emotions. They can change what you can express. They can change what you can't express. They can change what dimensions you can access. Because this is the technology. Adam and Eve were to replenish the earth. Something was wrong. They'd go fix it up. Out of Eden, fix it up. Okay? And this body they had gave them the ability to be at any place, at any time, in any dimension, to replenish and make it according to their heart's desire with the instrumentation and the help of the Father. Adam named the animals. Okay? God didn't name the animals. Adam named the animals. Adam gave it its nature. This thing that Adam was supposed to do, Adam and Eve, we're still that. The game plan is still afoot. We're still to repair all of creation in the same way Adam and Eve were supposed to. But Adam and Eve had a fault. By their free will, they could choose another father. Yeah? And a father in this term is someone who expresses his nature through you. He sires himself in you. He expresses his seed, his nature through you. And they had a choice. This father or this father. And Adam and Eve, we know, chose another father. And then we see the results flow through. We have a wrong DNA. Okay? When I say, when I say that DNA, I mean that nature is expressed. Okay, I'm not saying you've got that, those amino acids. <laughs> okay? Maybe. I don't know. But what I'm saying is you're expressing his nature. And so we needed a new genetic code to come down from heaven and start us again. And then we're taking these bodies, which have been messed up through the centuries, through trading with other beings and having their nature in us, in us, in us, in our DNA, in our frequency set, in our morphic field, in our energetic state, whatever you want to say, this, this thing that you are, this body that you are, okay, you've inherited after thousands and thousands of years. You were born again with a new spirit, perfect. With a soul, you can choose our free will, and that changes your body. Yep. And we're retaking the land that was lost for the glory of God. We're taking this thing and turning it back into glory. Transfigured. Yeah. Because we can transfigure this. This is glory. We can transfigure this. Substance. Because we give, self, we give creation the same salvation we have. If your salvation is waiting for Jesus to return, that's what you give to creation. Don't worry, creation. Jesus will come back one day. If your salvation is 
hold on to the end. And sometimes God comes down over a specific area and causes revival. That's what you give to creation. Hey, creation, hold on to the end. Jesus is coming back. Or maybe if we turn from our wicked ways and pray and humble ourselves, um, maybe God will come back in this geographic area and have a little glory zone here. And you can have that for a few years as long as we can maintain it. Or, I'm going to walk in the fullness of the stature of Christ. I'm going to pull on the new man that's created to be like God. This body, immortality, is going to take over mortality. And I'm going to have a glorified body in the earth, in the living years, immortal. And this glorified state, I can then give to creation. The most important technology in all creation is the human body. The human body is made from the dirt. Okay? Because we change this, all the elements, it changes all the elements. We are connected to creation. There's no mistakes. Everybody wants it. So now we have a lot of radiation things in the world, a lot of weird food, but now we're getting into some vaccines which are designed to change DNA. All right? It's not about fear. It's about just seeing the pattern which has always been there and knowing who you are, okay? Because someone needs to make a stand, go out at a crossroads. Heaven and earth will be, the, will be one by the glorious redemption of the human body. Heaven and earth will be one by the glorious redemption of the human body. What are you waiting for? Jesus to come back? Or how about you incarnating the word, Jesus comes back? Heaven and earth are one in you. You're the Ark of the Covenant. You're the body of Christ. You are heaven and earth together. You are Eden. We're changing our mind. We're changing our mind by hearing a word. You're hearing a word now? It's changing you now. Just by hearing the word. That's how it works. Okay? Because... All right, here's you and me. And here is our, here's everything that makes us up. Let's say this is, what's called a frequency set, okay? Everything which is you, because you are, because your substance is collapsed waveform, yep? So your body is particle form, your soul is waveform, yep? And you have... All these great things about you. You were raised well. Your dad loved you. <laughs> you went to church. Had a good family. Um, you won sports day as a kid. You were very smart. And, but one day, your mum called you an idiot. And it got in. And you're an idiot. That word. It's just a word. It's just a word. And we're in. So you're... And another word comes, and it says, you are the apple of my eye. Just by the hearing, the revelation, and it comes, okay? Overrides it. That's what's happening. That's how the word gets into you. But if you have... 
this. I'm useless. It's not worth living. Okay? A voice comes from outside that says, you're precious. <laughs> but you're in that section and you can't hear it. Okay? But then another voice comes in and says, yes, you are useless. <laughs> Instant agreement. Okay? It's a word that comes in. Words. Physical situations are words. Your bank account preaches to you. Your sore knee preaches to you. The way your parents treat you preaches to you. Everything preaches to you. Everything's speaking to you. Yep. That thing that didn't get healed and everyone else got healed is preaching to you. It's all trying to tell you. Are you the beloved son of God? If you were the beloved son of God, why do you have that sore arm? <laughs> why aren't you rich? Why don't won't you have a happy family at Thanksgiving? Whatever. It's just trying to, it's just preaching to you. And it's trying to find agreement. Where? In your body. Yeah. And so a word comes, a greater word, a higher word is spoken and it overrides that. Okay? And you know it. And you know it as clearly as you know your name. So if I said to Helen, Helen, your name is Frank. Okay? It's Frank. It doesn't, there's nowhere for it to go. She knows. She knows. She's Helen. I can't convince her that she's Frank. And I can't convince you that this is yellow. Okay? It's black. That's what you see. You know. You were there. And tomorrow I'll say, no, no, they were yellow. Everything was yellow. Yeah, no, they're black. No, they were yellow. But you know. We've got to know who we are. Like that. Any word comes in? Meh. It's not us. We know. Can we put Romans 8, 18 to 25 up? This is the verse that we all know. And uh, it's very, very important. What we're going to do tonight is we're going to do it like an abstract. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> and then over the next little while... I'm going to tell you. When I finish, I'm going to tell you what I told you. Okay? Because we need mature sons. That's too late. We need to get this. We need to understand it now. Okay? The scripture's been preached, the gospel's been preached, and the gospel's probably missing maybe two-thirds of what it is. We have the gospel of the cross. But Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. Yep. The gospel of the cross fixes Eden, but nothing else. There's a lot more going on than just Eden here. Okay. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that we revealed in us. Where? Where's the glory going to be revealed? In us. Body is glory. We see that. When, when the ancients went and saw God in heaven, they saw his glory sitting on the throne like a body. Glory is body. Okay? So glory can become this. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revelation of the sons of God. That's us. Creation not waiting for Jesus. 
Creation's not waiting for rapture. Creation's not, not waiting for revival. It's waiting for sons of God. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly. What? Not willingly? Creation has a will. Creation is conscious. Yes. The answer is. But because of him who subjected it in hope. So who was that? Not Satan. Satan didn't subject creation. Neither did Adam. God did. For us. Because if you saw a glorified caterpillar, you would run away screaming. <laughs> Maybe imagine a glorified cat. Imagine. Okay? It's been subjected so that we can overcome, that we can become mature and become mature sons. The sons of God, that's mature sons. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and attain the freedom of the glory of Jesus, of Yahweh, of rapture, of revival, is waiting for the freedom of the glory of the sons of God. It's waiting for us, okay? Let's say, are these real flowers? Probably not, okay. Let's just imagine. Use that dianoia. Okay, let's imagine. Okay, let's imagine these are real flowers, okay? And these are, if these were real flowers, wah. No, okay. Imagine if these were real flowers, you've got to believe like a child. That's not what these flowers look like. This is what these flowers look like, subject to frustration and futility. This isn't the flowers. Those trees aren't the trees. Those horses aren't the horses. And this isn't the human body. This is the human body subject to frustration. This is flowers subject to frustration. They want to be glorified and they're yearning, consciously yearning. They see you walk past and cry out, Son of God, set us free. Give us the same salvation you have. And the church does. Jesus is coming back. Don't worry about it. The same salvation we have. We've got to change our idea of salvation. We've got to get the correct gospel, the full gospel, the gospel of the kingdom. Okay? If we don't understand that, we won't know what we are, we won't know what we're doing, and we miss the Bible. We're going to see that, how much we miss the Bible. We boldly approach God based on His character alone and believe His words and become like Him through relationships. That's what we're doing. We're walking up to God based on His character alone. Not on your performance, not on your lineage, not on your morality, not on your gifting, based on His character alone. We believe His words, become like Him through relationship. Exactly like Him. That's what we're doing. Anyone can do that. It's a free gift based on His relationship, based on His character. Right. So let's run through some things.
we're going to go through how pretty much all reality works, okay? So, it's like a day session. I've got five sessions. Imagine we're doing one day. I don't know where we're going to end, okay? Uh, I'll just keep going as far as I can go each day and find a, a natural finish spot. But the first three days, we'll be learning about reality, the scriptural reality of how things are and why they are. Unless you understand that, you don't understand what's happening in your country or in the world right now. It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. The pattern repeats and God gave us a way out and we've never used it. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'll go through. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I come from a Baptist background, and we love alliteration. Okay, and the first one is going to be a secret to make sure you come back tomorrow. Okay, this is, this is everything. Okay. God has a family. He's always worked in community. Even before we existed, he worked in community. And he still wants to work in community. And he created the heavenly hosts. Okay? Angel is a job. It's not a being. Okay? I'm going to use it in that way. Although sometimes we use it as a noun. We go, that's an angel. Okay? But it's like saying that's a postman. That's a job. It's a postal worker. Angel means messenger. Okay? But if you use the term angelic beings, we know what you're saying. We're talking about a class of being that exists. But we need to understand that angels, angels are a job because any of the heavenly hosts or of the Godhead can be an angel. Jesus can be an angel. But you think of an angel as a type of being. We just started a cult right now. Yes. Jesus is an angel, okay? No, Jesus is a messenger, the angel of the Lord. Who, who was that guy? The angel of the Lord. So, there's all the heavenly hosts, and God talks to all these heavenly hosts. And they all have different ranks and different purposes. There's seraphim, cherubim, benoi elohim, another 20 of those, another 20 ims. And of them, there's thousands of them. And they have a last name, Enton L, of God, so Gabriel, you know, Ezekiel. L. Uh, they uh, express a nature of God. And then God made humans, okay? And his plan was to have the heaven and the earth become one with the hosts and the humans working together, okay? That was his plan. That's what he wants. And he wanted this, very importantly, by their own free will. He wanted them to choose him for who he is. Same to this day. Will you choose me freely for who I am? Don't make me in your own image. Don't put things on me. Find out who I am. Will you love this person? Do you love me for who I am? Will you choose me? Will you be my family 
Will you do this together for who I am and the way that he is? Okay? And then we have new information. The five falls of Genesis 1 to 11. This is what the church doesn't really go into. Well, they don't even go into free will. Well, they even believe this. All right, we don't. All right, we've already left the church. Okay, forget it. Okay, the five falls of Genesis 1 to 11. When we get into that, five crimes in Genesis 1 to 11, and each one of them damages humans. Yeah. Their genetics, their relationship, their identity, that ends up damaging human beings. That's Genesis 1 to 11. Genesis 12 is the halfway point of the Bible. Genesis 1 to 11, 2,000 years. Genesis 12 to the end, another 2,000 years. It's the halfway point. Genesis 1 to 11 is the problem. Genesis 12 to the very end, every book, everything that is written is fixing up Genesis 1 to 11. That's what it's doing. If you don't understand what happened in Genesis 1 to 11, and may I say it has been deliberately, purposely obscured from us. We'll talk about that tomorrow. If you don't understand what happened here, you don't understand what's happening right now, or what Jesus did, or some of the things he said, or some of the things that Paul said, or Peter said. Because they're addressing the five falls. We think of Eden. Yep. There's other things that are being addressed. Okay? And you've only got Eden in your mind. And then you're reading all these things that Paul's saying, and Jude's saying, and Peter's saying, and John's saying. That doesn't make any sense. Okay. And then... After the fall, we have, I'll put it there, two fathers. There's two federal heads. Oh, another F. Could use that. Two federal heads that want to express themselves through you. They want to express their nature through you. They want control of your emotions, control of your body, to control your words, to control what's created. That's what this, being, that's what this thing can do. It's made in God's image, okay? Spirit, soul, body, okay? There's two fathers, so we know who they are, yep. Okay, we'll say Hasatan, the Satan, because just so everyone's happy. Actually, I'll put him underneath. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll say yod Hey vav Hey. okay? Probably Elion is probably what, what I want to say. And, and then Hasatan, the Satan, okay? Anything that happens after that, any other being that does something naughty, even if they know Satan or not, the Bible still treats them as coming under that federal head, okay? Two fathers. Now we have a problem on the earth. It's Genesis 1 to 11, and now Genesis 12... Faith. Abraham. We have a new way 
of dealing with God. Yep. We need to create new genetics. So we have faith. We can write Abraham. And when faith didn't go so well, we had the mosaic. We have Moses who brought the law. Okay, law is perfect. I'm not against the law. It's perfect. And we'll see why it's so amazing. The law is to prevent the damage of the five falls. We'll see that. The law protects the human body. That's what it does. The law protects the human body. Why? Why protect the human body? Because a seed is coming. And it needs a human body to come into. We protect a lineage that doesn't have other DNA in it. Okay? And then, family again. Because the son is here. And he's saying, it got a good father. The revelation of Jesus. Why is that so important? Because that is why they wanted to kill him. He called God his father. They say, you are equating yourself with God. And then Jesus, to shut them up, refers to the five fools and says, well, that's you. And I'm off a different line. And then... The secret F. It's the glory of kings. Okay. The Old Testament is a, a gracious invitation to choose the Father out of our free will for all humankind. In the rejection of that, the Old Testament became a, a spiritual flesh war, physical earth war between two seed lines. The sons of the Father, the sons of Yahweh, and the sons of Satan. In the Old Testament, that's what it is. From start, or from Genesis 12 to, to the end. It's a war between people. Yahweh trying to express himself through people, through free will, and other beings through manipulation and trading expressing themselves through people. Yeah. And all God wants is the people to choose him and the fruit of choosing out of their own free will would, would give such an amazing life the other people would turn from their gods and choose the God of gods. That's what's happening. Yep. Option was given. Didn't work out. <laughs> okay. As we always knew, as God always knew, so the sun comes. The sun returns to the vineyard. <laughs> How do we treat him? The sun comes and creates a new lineage that you can receive by hearing a word, receiving a word, believing a word, and taking it in. And then the whole New Testament to today is a gracious invitation to know the loving Father through a people 
displaying the kingdom on earth. As Israel is supposed to do, so we're supposed to do. And it's set, as was the first invitation, in a spiritual battle between the sons of the evil one and the sons of God. And as in the Old Testament, if you chose to leave your God and come unto Yahweh, your DNA changed. You became of the covenant. What were David's mighty men? What line were they of? Giant lines. They came under his sound, under his frequency, and they became Israelites. Okay? Same here. I'm not out to get the sons of Satan. I was before I accepted Jesus. In that, I'm expressing that person's nature. And Satan's nature is not um, be a naughty kid. Okay? Satan's nature is the hatred of the father in that I don't believe you're a good father. And that's what it is. Yeah. Oh, hang on. I don't feel that some days. That's that. In you? Just going to get rid of it. That you know that God is a loving father. And you become like him. What does he do? He sends rain on the good and the evil, the just and the unjust. And you bless your enemies, you will transfigure. Transfigure, you're glorified. Glorify this, glorify that. That's what's going on. We'll see. <laughs> All right. I was going to call this sermon, You Can Be Like God and Aliens Don't Like It. But I thought that might be a little bit too controversial. All right, I'm going to flip this baby. Doesn't flip? All right, let's, let's, let's turn it around. I'll, I'll keep using the big one. I'll use the small ones later to keep... I'll keep it up on the small ones after. Thank you. Thank you, Clay. <laughs> I've changed my mind. Don't worry about it. Okay. Family. <laughs> we'll get the five... I was going to do the five folds. Family. Angels and, and humans. Okay. Let's, let's do that. Let's do that. No, let's do heaven and earth together. God always wanted heaven and earth together. At the start, he wants heaven and earth together now. That's always been the plan. Heaven and earth together in Eden. Okay. And then we took on the nature. We came under the covering, under the word of another being. That says, does God really say? Did he really say? Yep. Another word came into us. And now, guess what's in our nature? Right to this very day. Do you believe what God said? <laughs> Did God really say he's going to look after me? Did God really say he's going to heal me? Did God really say? Okay. That nature got into us. Okay. And we had to get out of Eden so we didn't take from the tree of life and live forever in that state. And we're out. And angels and a flaming sword gets put there, a, a sword of fire. You want to go back through that sword, the frequency of that flame? If you're the same frequency, you can go through. 
guess what? Your spirit's of that same frequency. Your spirit going in and out of heaven all the time. As your soul's changing, more of your soul goes through and you see more of that stuff. When your body changes, you'll be in and out like Enoch. Okay? And uh, the book of Enoch is not in Scripture, so we're not going to talk about it. Until tomorrow! <laughs> so Eden, heaven and earth together. Okay? We messed it up. But God, and then Genesis 1 to 11 happens. We'll talk about that in a minute. Genesis 1 to 11 happens. Okay? Lots of naughty falls. And God says, I want it back. I want you back. Okay? And so he makes a covenant with this guy. He chooses someone under another God, Abraham. He says, come out of that land. We'll see why he had to leave land. Because God attached himself to land all the time. So does our God. He attaches himself to land. Who's that? You. You're that land. This is the soil. This is his land. Okay? And wherever your foot will tread, it's a, it's a, it's a kingdom coming in, taking over another kingdom. So God makes a box, and God goes in the box. Yep. Yep. God's in the box. That box, the Ark of the Covenant, is heaven and earth together. Yep. The priest could go in and out. We know, we know the story. Okay, and so then the temple becomes that. Okay, the temple loses its glory. Ichabod, the glory is gone. But God wants heaven and earth together on earth. He wants it together. So heaven and earth comes together in another ark. Mary. Okay, the womb of Mary, which is the ark. Think about it. Okay, same shape. So in Mary, heaven and earth together. And then Jesus is born, and he is heaven and earth together. Is God and man together, okay? Then he says, it's better that I go. We're thinking, no, it's not. It's better that you stay. Because <laughs> I could walk up and touch, taste, feel you, put my hands on you, and you could heal me. And God's saying, no. I want you to love me for who I am. Word. It's better that I go. Do you believe word? Because word will change this. Taste, touch, see will not change this. Word will change this, Okay? And then he sends his Holy Spirit which lives in you and now you are heaven and earth together. And what, as much as you become heaven and earth together, you can give it away. Make this heaven and earth together. And that's what the sons of God, that's what their plan is. Because that's the nature of our Father. You've not told that's the nature of your Father, you won't do it. Hence it's been hidden from the Gospel. Okay, we won't make this heaven and earth together. And when this becomes heaven and earth together... It's bad news for some spiritual beings, okay? They don't want that. So they're trying to keep heaven and earth apart, which is what we call religion. Yeah? Religion is to express the nature of your father, Satan. All religion, separation. The nature of the son is I and my father are one. He loves me. The world must see I love the Father, the Father loves me, and I do what I see the Father doing. That's the nature of a son, okay? When I wake up this morning, I did not feel that. <laughs> I felt religion. But I know what it is. I know how to fix it up. You hear a word. Okay. We're going to get into the good, the good stuff by day five. I don't want to leave you like, you know, leave you like sad, okay? But we'll just end where it ends tonight, Okay. Can we pull up uh, Colossians 1, uh, 19 to 20? 
So Jesus became one with us. If any man be in Christ, he's one spirit with the Lord. You and Christ are one. It's not only you that live, it's Christ that lives in you. You're one being. Okay, what you do, he does. Okay, Paul goes as far to say, if you join yourself with a prostitute, you've joined Christ with a prostitute. He's getting your attention. You and Christ are one being now. Okay, you need to treat yourself that special. So this is Colossians. We saw that God started heaven and earth together. Okay, for an for in him all the fullness of the Godhead was pleased to dwell, same as you. In you, the fullness of the Godhead is pleased to dwell. Yep. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. He's reconciling all things, heaven and earth together. That's the plan from the start. It's the plan now. Can we pull up Ephesians 1, 3 to 10? It's always been the plan. Before the foundation, this was the plan. Thank you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Okay, in heavenly places, even though we're on earth, even as he chose us in him, before the foundation of the world. This is his plan. To have his sons bring us about. We're going to do it. That's the plan. Okay? Jesus put it into motion. We're going to finish it as one with Jesus. That we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus' family, through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will. Okay, here it is. Before the foundation of the world, making known to us the mystery of his will, by love, by wisdom, by insight, by his good pleasure. This is what he wants us to know which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and on earth. Heaven's coming here. Look busy. <laughs> Heaven's coming here. How has religion framed Christianity? Die, go to heaven. For the physical death of your body, the curse... The leaving of Edenic curse, death, is what brings you salvation. The death of your body doesn't bring you salvation. The death of Jesus' body got you salvation, and he died that you might live, that you may have life. Life. Eden, the full of Eden, I'm getting ahead of myself, but the full of Eden wasn't about sin. Like, oh, we have eaten. Now I gamble too much. Okay? Or now it's about death. He said, if I eat of this tree, we will die. You will not surely die. And then they died. It's about death. When you change federal heads and come under Satan, you get death. But you change federal heads and you are under Jesus. You get life. Jesus is only about life. 
Jesus did not recognize lack because there's no lack in the kingdom. And that's where he was. He did not recognize death. There's no death in the kingdom. No one's dying in heaven. And that's who you are. And you're changing because you're hearing a word. It makes it possible. Word goes in, it finds soil. If you're hard-hearted, okay, that's right. Listen to it again and again. <laughs> okay? Weeds and tears, the concerns of this world. Looking out in. <laughs> Birds of the air. They're the demons that come to take the seeds because of the, it says the birds come because of the seed. Okay? But good soil is a 30, 60, 100 fold. You're hearing a word. If you say, yes, God would do that for me, and he will do it because of his character, the farmer goes to bed, it grows, he wakes up, he doesn't know how. The seed does its work. If you believe that, you won't do something out of your own strength or reject it or go back to the cares of the world or agree with the bird. You'll let the seed do its own work with no interference. No flesh inherits the kingdom. Okay. And then, of course, Revelations. End the, end the book of Revelation. Heaven and earth are together again. God has made his home amongst men. Not men have come up to see me. <laughs> God's made his home amongst men. Okay. This is the plan. This is the great plan. How are we going? Good? Oh, that's good. Right. Can you play... So we're still on family, okay? <laughs> I got ahead of myself. I'm still on family. Can you play uh, Divine Council now? Right. <laughs> awesome. Divine Council. God sits on his throne. He has a family around him. There's his throne. There's a very big throne on his right-hand side. <laughs> and there's all these other beings there. And he's always run his universe that way. His cosmos, his world, whatever that is. How big as big as that is, okay? He's run it this way. He asks questions. He gets answers. He does it together. What do you think? What do you think? And sometimes he says no. But sometimes he says, okay, we'll do your idea. He may know that's not the best idea, but he doesn't care. He does things in family. Yep. This is our father. Humans were created as another group in here. Okay? There's all these hosts. There's seraphim and cherubim. I don't know if they get any input or not. They're more like protectors. There's other crew. There's our Benai Elohim. Benai Elohim, what does that mean? Sons of God. Hang on. Aren't we the sons of God? And they're the sons of God? We'll see in a minute. They are. They're the sons of God. They're his family. Okay? This is his family. This is the Benai Elohim. Okay? And he, he runs everything with them. Okay? They saw humans get made. They were there on day six looking in. Go, wow, look at that. And some were happier than others. <laughs> but they have free will. They're like, yes, God, everything you do is great. He created them to choose me freely. These guys have free will. Some of the angelic classes, probably less, less such. But the higher classes, well, I can use that term, they have free will 
and God talks to them and works in relationship with them. So we have the hosts and the humans, okay? But at the moment, well, after the fall, the humans no longer had their place. But God wants us back. And all he does now is talk to these guys and say, how can we get these guys back? We want them back. And this one, the son, says, I'll go. Okay? But this will happen up here. It goes on now. It's happening right now. <laughs> okay? This divine council of people. And so we've got hosts, godly hosts and godly humans. And also, we have some other hosts and some other humans. And they have bad DNA, okay, in that they're expressing the nature of another father that says, you're not good. I want to ascend and take your throne. I could do a better job. I want your place. I want to overthrow you. You are a bad father. Okay, that's their heart. The Old Testament and the New Testament is this and this. It's connected. What happens in the heaven affects the earth. What happens on the earth affects the heavens. It's God against the fallen angels and the humans against the, fallen, the, the ones who have the, Satan as their father. When you die... You get to go and live with your dad. It's a good theological premise. Right. So let's have a look at this. Can we stick up Psalm 82, please? It'll be interesting to see what this translation says. <laughs> Great. God has taken his place in the divine council, which means he's walked in and sat down in his glory body. Does he really have a body? Well, he has one, but he wants to talk to this crew, okay? This is what he wants. He wants community. God has taken his place in the divine council in the midst of the gods he holds judgment. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's happening here? God is sitting amongst gods. In fact, in the Hebrew, it says Elohim sits amongst the Elohim. Are there other gods? Yes. There's other Elohim. Now, as a Westerner, we think God and other gods, that freaks us out. But only now. It didn't freak out the ancient Israelites or the Babylonians or the Canaanites. <laughs> they knew. They met them. There's other gods. It didn't freak Jesus out. It didn't freak out the apostles. And so it didn't freak out the early church fathers. The early church fathers depended on this. And we're going to see a bit later on some of the falls. 
The gospel didn't make sense to them unless they were bad angels because God's clearly cleaning house. Okay, he's made a judgment. A judgment against an angel in the eternal realm lasts forever. A judgment against a human in a temporary realm, we get another chance. Okay, it's good news. So Elohim sits amongst the Elohim. As we know, the way that's written in Hebrew, it's the Elohim. Capital E, Elohim, sits amongst little e. Capital G, God, sits amongst little g, gods. But they're gods, and he made them. Okay? This is the biblical reality. Unless you understand this, you won't understand the Old Testament, or New Testament, or the epistles, or what's happening on the earth right now. Because these Elohim still exist. And lots of them are good. Some of them have chosen to rebel. And they're around. Okay? How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? God, the Elohim, is saying to these Elohims, I, why are you judging so poorly over the earth? Why let the wicked prosper? You have spiritual authority here. People turn to you as gods. Why are you doing what you're doing? He's not happy with them. He's very angry. When the wicked prospers, don't go too far into the darkness, okay? But it's not like they're not stealing money. They're doing awful things to people. Young people. Give, which still happens today. Give justice to the weak and to the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. That's what he's saying. You're terrible gods. You're looking, you have gone to the wicked. We should be looking after the poor and the needy. Sounds like the New Testament. They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in the darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. He's saying, well done, Elohims. You've messed it up. I said, this is God saying, to these Elohim, you are gods. He's declared it. This is an event that happened in history. The writer of the Psalms has been taken to see it. He's seeing the moment that this happened. The moment these gods, these Elohim get judged. Yep. I said, you are gods. Sons of the most, sons of the most high. Ben Elohim. You are sons of God. I created you. You are my sons, and now you're behaving wickedly. Okay? You haven't looked after the earth, my creation. You haven't looked after my creation like I asked you to. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like a prince. He's told them, it's over for you guys. This is God's perfect judgment. This happened in history. It will be the shocking day <laughs> in heaven. But this happened. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all the nations. Okay. Nations, remember that. From the falls of Genesis. Babel. Restoring Babel. Okay, when the falls of Genesis. That's one of the divine councils, probably the most famous one. Where the, some other women get judged, okay? And we know they get judged unto fire. Death. Once you are under that federal head of Satan, all rebellion, the Bible classes under that original rebellion of Satan. And Satan will die. He'll go live with death the rest of his life. And if you rebel, you come under Satan. 
All right, I'm going to keep putting up some more scriptures. So let's try Psalm 89. Okay? Psalm 89, 5 to 8. It's a long one. Psalm 5 to 8. 5 to 8, yep. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. It's another one of these happening. You taught this at church? You've got to know this stuff because guess where you're going to be? Here? No. That he who overcomes gets a seat on my throne. Not all sons of God will be here, as in Christian sons of God, if I can use that term. But for he who overcomes gets a seat on my throne. How do you overcome? You change your DNA. How do you change your DNA? Drugs. No, no, no. You become like your father. Okay? Let the, hev- <laughs> Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. Someone has been taken to the council again. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is like God? And we're thinking, oh, in heaven, there's God and there's angels, guys with wings. And none of these angels are like him. Angel is a job, okay? The son of God could be an angel if he comes to deliver a message. Christ, the word. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord? A great, a God greatly to be feared in the council of the holy ones. Okay, it's the divine council. It's making it very clear here. And awesome above all who are around him. He's literally seeing this happen. Yep. O Lord, God of hosts, the heavenly host, who is mighty as you are, O Lord, with your faithfulness, with your faithfulness all around you. Okay? Psalm 82, it's happened. Bad guy's gone. Faithful ones are around him. Okay? We're doing a Bible study. It's fun, yeah? Okay. Um, Let's do Psalm 148. Just to clarify... We know what's going on here. The Elohim is the only creator. These other gods, they're not creators. They are created, and he called them gods. You are my sons. All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord in the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all the angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Okay? Different. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him. You in the highest heavens and you waters above the heavens, let them praise the name of the Lord, for, for he commanded and they were created. All those things are created. The hosts, which is these guys, the Elohim, the angels, okay, the stars, he created them. So just showing you biblically, okay, this guy is ever eternal. These guys had a start date in eternity if that's possible. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Four. Oh, cool. 1 Kings 22, 19 to 25. 
1 Kings 22, 19 to 25. Okay, here we have a prophet of God, Micah, gets taken into a divine council. As humans, remember, we have a place there. All right, we're allowed to go in there. At this time, only by invitation, only. And Micah said, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the hosts of heaven were standing beside him on his right hand and his left. Without that one. <laughs> like that. He's there. He's in the divine council. Okay? And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? So what's happening? They're looking at the earth. God's extended mercy and mercy and mercy and mercy to this person's sin is full. He's chosen another father, chosen another father, chosen another father, Ahab, chosen another father, and eventually his sin is full, and now you get to live out the, your father's life, which is death. Okay? He's going to die. His sin is full. The wage of sin is death. So God's asking these hosts of all different classes and beings and, and capacities, he's saying, hey, looking at the earth, they've got one plan, to protect the lineage that Jesus may be born into a DNA set that's all right. That's not too shabby. And the Lord said, who will entice Ahab that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead? Because Ahab is being naughty. In those days when you're naughty, it always involved DNA trading. Other beings, other idols, and a lot of activity with these beings. Okay? And one, and one said one thing, another said another. So they're having a conversation. Like a family. They're having a chat. Okay? Definite hierarchy, definite order, but also loving father. A loving father who is the God most high. A loving father who is the God most high. Right? Then the spirit came forward, doesn't identify him, and stood before the Lord saying, I will entice him. And the Lord said to him, by what means? And he said, I will go out and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, you are to entice him and you shall succeed. Go out and do so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all, the, all your prophets. The Lord has declared disaster to you. Then Zedekiah, the son of Chana, came near and struck Mark on the cheek. How did the Spirit of the Lord go from me to speak to you? And Micah said, Behold, you shall see the day when you go. Behold, you shall see the day when you go into an inner chamber and hide yourself. I left that there for a reason. Okay. So having a conversation. What should we do about Ahab? Someone says something, someone says something. I'm God at this moment. Okay. <laughs> You're the council. Someone says something. And someone says, Hey, I'll go down there. And I'm going to make all these prophets give a false prophecy. Here's God. I don't care about your 2020 Christianity. This is God. This is what he did. It doesn't matter what you think about it. This is what he did. And this is what happened. And God said, good idea. Do it and it will work. And Micah is now revealing to everyone, hey, all you prophets, you said this. This is what really happened. I saw it. You've been taught, you've been tricked by a lying spirit. Now you're going to die. Okay? And then Zedekiah, the son of Chenar, 
who's now speaking from another DNA line. Okay? He says, he mocks him, how does the Spirit of the Lord go from me to speak to you? And Micah says, and this has been a fearful moment. In a few days, you're going to hide yourself in the inner chamber. Imagine being the other car at that moment. Like, someone's coming to get you. Don't go to sleep. <laughs> we mean a scary moment. That is the divine counsel. Can we put up uh, Daniel 4, uh, 13 to 17? Okay. So this is Daniel. And Daniel reveals lots about these counsels. And lots of these angels inter- interact with him. Powers and principalities come down. He prays, and God sends some of these guys down to deal with it. And some of <laughs> these guys aren't happy about it. <laughs> you may recall some of the stories of Daniel. I saw in visions of my head as I lay in bed, and behold, a watcher. What's a watcher? A watcher angel. Benoit Elohim. Okay? We know that from the book of Enoch, which is not scripture. We're going to talk about it tomorrow. (laughs) I'm not saying it's scripture, okay? Jesus treated it as scripture. The disciples treated it as scripture. Peter treated it as scripture. Jude treated it as scripture. Um, Paul treated it as scripture. John treated it as scripture. Irenaeus treated it as scripture. Uh, But I'm not saying it's scripture. I'm just saying it's true. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I saw in the visions of my head as I lay in bed, behold, a watcher, a holy one, came down from heaven. What's happening? One of these guys is coming down. Okay. He proclaimed aloud and said thus, chop down the tree and lop off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit, let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches, but leave the stump of its root in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze. Amid the tender grass of the field, let him be wet and with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from a man's to a beast's mind, and, and the beast's mind be given to him. And let seven periods of time pass over him. The sentence is by decree of the watchers. Who made this decision? The angels made this decision. What? The Elohim made this decision. Which ones are the good ones? The bad ones have been kicked out. The good ones, they're looking after the earth the way they're supposed to. Like good sons of God. And there's another class of sons of God. And they look after the earth. Okay? <laughs> we'll get to that later. So you stay to the end. Who could that be? Okay? This sentence is by decree of the watchers. The decision by the word of the holy ones, plural. Not Elohim, okay? Because who are they judging? You know who they're judging here? Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was under a foreign god. He was under a watcher. So the watchers are dealing with the watchers. The Elohim are dealing with the Elohim. They made a decision. 
You and your God, your Elohim, are not happy. Why are they not happy? Because Nebuchadnezzar said, I have achieved this. I have done this. It was about to go the way of Satan himself. Okay? And God loves Nebuchadnezzar. And he punishes him for seven years and then restores him. And at the end, he says, what does he say? The Lord Most High is God. The watchers that deal with it, they deal it on behalf of the family. Mercifully, they're restoring this guy. And in the end, he says the God of Daniel is the God. Yep. Spoiler alert, if you haven't read the end of the story. The sentence by the decree of the watchers, decision by the word of the holy ones, to the end that the living may know that the Most High, okay, that they're protecting their dad, they're doing the right thing here, rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he sets over and sets over the lowliest of men and gives it to whom he will. Okay? So the watchers are done with this. I don't know if discussed it with God or not. I don't know if they worked it out themselves. We don't know. They've done it for the glory of God that everyone will know that the Lord Most High, they're lords, they're gods. They're saying so they'll know there's a God Most High and he gives authority to whom it will. They're keeping order. Nebuchadnezzar, you didn't do this yourself. And they have mercy. He gets chopped off at the roots like a tree. He goes out in the field, goes mad. And after seven years, it's miraculously restored. And he knows that Daniel's God is the Most High. All right. Let's uh, bring up Daniel 10. I didn't actually... Uh, was that Daniel? What did I do then? Daniel, yeah, Daniel 10. Okay. I didn't actually put a reference down here. Let's have a quick look here. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. On the 24th day of the first month, I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris. I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like a flaming torch, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze. And the sound of his words were like a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. The men who were with me did not see the vision, but, they, but a great trembling fell upon them. They fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision. And no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed. I retained no strength. I heard the sound of his words. I heard the sound of his words. I heard the sound of his words. And as I heard the sound of his words, I fell my face in deep sleep, my face to the ground. And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. Someone's come from heaven. And that someone could physically touch him. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand these words that I speak to you and stand upright, for now I've been sent to you. Who could this person be? And when he had spoken these words to me, I stopped trembling. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. 
But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia, and came to make you understand that, that what is to happen to your people in the latter days, the vision is for days yet to come. Okay, keep that up there. So, what we're going to see tomorrow is that God, of God, <laughs> we have to be careful now, don't we? Elohim, of Elohim's, he gave these gods people and lands. Okay? Table of Nations, Genesis 10, go out, okay? Because they had to go out because of Genesis 11, Babel, okay? And they went to different places and they had their gods and God was over that land. These spirits are attached to land. Remember what they said to Jesus. Son of God, please do not send us out of the area, okay? Demons are attached to land. Gods are attached to land, okay? Geographic land in the most real sense. And this guy, I don't know who he is, but it's not Jesus because Jesus doesn't need help from Michael, okay? And a being has come down. Daniel's words have come up. And from the first day, he heard the words. First day. And then these guys will have a chat. They said, we're sending this guy. And down he comes. It's taken him 10 earth days to get there because... The Prince of Persia. The Prince of Persia owns that land legally. It's been given to him by Elohim, the Elohim. And this guy's coming down and he's having a fight with this guy. And I don't know if it's a fight like ting, 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 or it's a, they have to go up and they both went up, saw the council, had an argument. But this guy has legal rights to these people and legal rights to this land. Another people, the Hebrews, are in his land. What is your Elohim doing here? What's, who are you? I own this land. We conquered these people. They're in my land. I'm the prince of Persia. I'm the boss. And he resisted this guy. So, stop doing this. So, Michael comes down and sorts it out. Um, I'd suggest after Michael arrived, it was a very short conversation. I would suggest. Yeah. So we're seeing a divine council in operation. And we'll see tomorrow that God's, God says, I gave gods and lands to these other women, these people. Yep. And that's what Psalm 82 is about. It's like, you've messed it up. You've been wicked. You're out. You're judged. When he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face towards the ground and was mute. Behold, one in the likeness of the child of man touched my lips. Okay, so there's a being here. He looks like a man. And he can actually physically touch you. He's looking like a man. Then I opened my mouth and spoke. I said to him who stood before me, Oh, my Lord. He calls him my Lord. So I wonder what word that Lord is in Hebrew. I should have looked it up. Greg, get on it. <laughs> <laughs> and behold, O oh my Lord, by reason of the vision, pains have come upon me and I retain my strength. How can my Lord's servant talk to with my Lord whilst going on? For now no strength remains in me and no breath is left in me. Again, one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me. He said, O oh man, greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you, be, be strong and of good courage. They know who Daniel is in heaven. 
They know exactly who this guy is, okay? And he spoke to me. I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Then he said, do you, do you know why I've come to you? But now I return to fight against the prince of Persia. <laughs> that guy's going to get it. And when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. Ah! But I tell you what is described in the book of truth. There is none who contends by my side against thee except Michael, your prince. So I was telling you, it's just Michael, your prince, who, of the Hebrews, and Elohim, given to the Hebrews. Okay? So... They're in trouble in Persia. Daniel prays up. This guy comes down. I don't know who he is. Okay, he comes down. And then Prince of Persia resists him. So Michael, who's an Elohim, connected to Hebrews, comes down, sorts it out. Okay. Michael and the Prince of Persia are having a chat right now. This guy can get in, have a chat here. He said, right, I've got to go back. Help Michael. But says, as soon as we're gone, Greece is coming. That's exactly what happened. It's an amazing historical book. That's exactly what happened. Greece came in. Because that Elohim had done enough naughty, naughty trading, done some naughty stuff, traded some DNA, all the stuff that they do to get power, and they're coming through. Divine Council. All right. I think we can leave it there. That's, that's a lot. You've done very well. Very well. Thanks, everyone. Okay. We're growing up. This is our thing. This is what we do. This will be doing for a long, long time. One family together. God's plan to always have family. Okay. So we're going to have a good rest, sleep well, and we'll enjoy the, the work of the body in the morning. This is all about the body. It's the same thing. <laughs>